0: by Sports Interaction, Canada's Book. Hello everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Ottawa. I'm your host, Maude, and I am not very happy tonight, as I'm sure all Sens fans are, as uh, the Seattle Kraken managed to sink the Senators, uh, doubling them up by a score of 8-4. to four. Uh, Not much celebrating going to be going on uh, here tonight. Hopefully... Uh, we can get some activity in the chat and have a bit of a, a Sens fan therapy session. I feel like we kind of all, kind of all needed after that one. That was that was real rough, but uh, uh just I feel like it's a bit of a shocking result tonight uh, in terms of the final score. Like, there's no shame in losing to Seattle. They've uh, been having a very good season, but uh, uh, eight goals is definitely the most that the Sens have allowed all season. I, I seem to only remember the only really high-scoring game earlier in the year was, I think, a 6-4 loss to Vancouver. Uh, other than that Boston game, the home opener, uh, which was obviously really high-scoring, but that was a win. So, thinking of, like, blowout-type losses, um, like, our other losses that were bad were, were mostly, like, f- like scores of 5-1. to one. I think there was a couple like that. You know, at least we got some goals tonight. We get to celebrate Tim Stutzla even more. I feel like uh, I've j- we've just been raving about him like crazy lately. He would be uh, the main positive tonight for the Sens, but not very many positives as <laughs> I'll get into my notes here and kind of run through the game. Uh, Throwing it back to the first period, uh, there so much happened in this game that it's hard to remember everything. But uh, one of the first things that I wrote down was that uh, I I noticed the Kraken were doing a very good job of uh, backchecking and uh, causing turnovers in the neutral zone, and that led to their first goal by Oliver Bjorkstrand. I I don't know about Bjorkstrand because. I used to watch him all the time playing in the Columbus, and he was honestly one of my favorite players there. But then for whatever reason, the production just really hasn't uh, been there in Seattle this year. I was really sad when Columbus had to trade him, you know, just to move some cap. Uh, he was just the type of guy in Columbus where he could, uh, he would always be the best player on his line. No matter who the coach would put him with, he would just he would just carry his line and uh, and produce no matter what. So, I was a little bit happy to see him score there, but it wasn't obviously wasn't great for the Sens, that's just something that's uh, weirdly personal to me. It was, uh, yeah, turnover on the breakout on that one, I believe it was. I think we did make the pass successfully out of the D zone, I think it was Giroud, Uh, but then they just got swarmed in the neutral zone, and it was right back in, and it was a good shot from Bjorkstrand. Forsberg, you know, allowing those three goals in the first period. To be honest, I I don't really blame him on most of them. Like maybe this, if if I was to say that he really should have saved one of them, maybe it would be this one. It was a really good shot, but uh, at least right after that we had the Brady kachuk goal. I uh, I had actually tweeted a couple minutes earlier saying I really hoped that Brady would get one tonight because it's been a while for him. Uh, I think it was back after the Buffalo game. Uh, talking on here with Charlie, we noticed that it had been, I think, just one goal in the last 13 games at that point for Brady, and he didn't score in the next next one against Columbus, so that would be, like, one goal in, in about 15 games until this one. So, very glad he got back on the board, our all-star, our captain, Brady Kachuk. It was a good moment for him, although, overall, his game in the first period tonight, I didn't think was particularly, particularly very good. Mainly because of this second goal. Well, first of all, he was involved in the neutral zone turnover on that first goal. And then you have the second goal by Jared McCann. It was just sleepy defensive zone coverage from everyone on the ice. Everyone floating around. And McCann is just kind of standing on the other side of the ice, just wide open. Absolutely wide open. And I, I figured it, was, it should have been Brady's guy there to pick him up. Brady, you know, it's on that left wing side, Brady was closer to the slot, even though there was no one in the slot, I think the center had maybe shifted over to the right a little bit, maybe more in pursuit of the puck, but it's just, that play developed so slowly, and just everyone's standing around, like you can't just, you can't have coverage like that, like, it wasn't, wasn't the best defensive moment there, I think Brady in particular should have done better, although... I do have to say that every time Jared McCann is doing well, the Leafs hater in me gets a little bit happy uh, just because they had acquired him and didn't use him, just used him to uh, to be exposed in the expansion draft, and now suddenly he's a great goal scorer for the Seattle Kraken. That was his 19th goal of the season already. and. <laughs> I had to just scroll down the whole box score here just to be like okay did he score again and get 20 because there was so many freaking goals i couldn't even remember but no just just the one goal from a tonight but just a little bit of a hater in me there i i had to point that out but can't gloat too much about the leafs we had a couple of days of being like oh they got destroyed by the kraken Ha! Huh, so funny and then we got beat down even worse arguably uh i mean we scored some goals but that's not the biggest accomplishment against the Kraken. Uh, strangely, they give up so many goals, but they, they still have a good record. It's a, it's a really weird team to, to try to get a read on. Like, I think it's just their 5-on-5 five five play is so strong. They weren't, they weren't given up a lot. It's just, uh, we'll get into this a little bit later, but the penalty kill for the Kraken is uh, actually shockingly lowly rated. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit later, but uh then we had the 3-1 goal. It's a weird kind of floater from the point, I think. Justin Schulz got credit for this one. I don't really have too much analysis on that goal, to be honest, because it's just like a goofy bounce. But when that one went in, then that kinda that kinda set the tone for the whole game of like, oh, this is not gonna be good. And that's the one where they pulled Forsberg. I do have to say, I think the goalie pulling, even though it was I think three goals on five shots, and that is obviously horrible stats. I don't really think it was the type of goalie pull where the coach is like, oh, he's doing terrible today, gotta get him out of there. I think it was more of a a goalie pull of like, trying to wake the team up, because just not good defending on any of these goals. The last one was a little bit lucky, but poor defensive zone coverage leads to lucky bounces like that going in. You gotta create your own luck, you know? Uh, So, yeah, and then... They pointed this out on the broadcast that the Kraken actually rank 27th in the league in terms of high danger scoring chances, which, uh, (laughs) compared to the amount of goals that they have been scoring this season, and even particularly in this game, I was stunned by that stat. Like, is it just really high shooting percentages for this team? I'd have to really dig into the stats to, to get much of a read on it, but it's, that's a very surprising stat to me, because they seem quite adept at scoring goals, they've got four lines that can score, they just roll all the lines out there, it's not, not really a typical, like, top six, bottom six setup, kind of like how the Sens have the top six doing all the scoring, and bottom six damn near never scores, uh, (laughs) you, you just get it from all lines on on Seattle, and, and I'm amazed how they're doing that with such a low ranking and high danger chances. Now, I don't know if any of the goals that went in on Forsberg in that first period would have been considered as high danger chances. Um, like the McCann one is a wide open one-timer, but is from a little bit far out. Uh, considering the pass across and uh, the movement that Forsberg had to make to get a, to potentially get across on that, I would call that high danger, but I don't really know exactly how that's tracked but yeah it's just crazy stuff from from seattle super super impressed tonight with their offense despite those stats and just one more thing on forsberg when he uh when he was an ltb starting this game i i was uh trying to pull up some stats so that if he did really well i could uh gas him up on here and i still kind of can the main stat that I was going to mention very positively, which, I mean, I'll still mention it, but it's kind of dampered after tonight. Um, He ranks second in the league currently behind Linus Olmark for, uh, I think it was goals saved above expected per 60 minutes. He was ranked second. It might have gone down a little bit after tonight. I don't know if those goals that went in on him again were expected saves or not. Uh, I would bet that that third one With the weird bounce uh that would probably have been uh uh, something where you would expect a save in terms of like the algorithm uh determining those stats but yeah Forsberg has been good so far in the season i really wanted to hype him up again tonight i think it i think it was the right choice to start him again because he was great against buffalo and then good against Columbus which is a little bit funny to say because he got the shutout but uh I was at that game, and oh, holy crap, Columbus was not threatening at all. They had like a few decent chances at the very beginning of the game, and a few at the end. <clears throat> but the middle, like, 40 minutes of that game, they had like no threatening shots. So, uh, Forsberg, yeah, he's been good lately, but I think it just wasn't his night tonight. Unfortunately, um, as we will talk about in a bit, uh, Cam Talbot did not do any better. Uh, but before... We keep going here. I'm just going to thank our sponsor Sports Interaction. Do you think you know which way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Huh. Now, back to this uh, dumpster fire of a game. I did notice through uh, the guys in the STPN Discord, actually, uh, in the SENS channel, that it's a bit of an interesting stat in the first period that Shabbat had already played, t- I think it was exactly 10 minutes in the first period, which is... Literally half of the game time, and uh, we have had discussions earlier in the season, uh, you know, along the lines of um, most people think that Shabbat is better when he plays less minutes, and that he's more prone to mistakes and kind of uh, lethargic play when he's playing way too much. I'll have to double check, actually I'll check right now, and see what his final ice time was, but I thought, yeah, 28 minutes. Considering, uh, I will say, considering Sanderson and Hamannick were both minus four tonight, I could kind of understand why uh, DJ would play them a little bit less. Although, I don't know exactly which goals they were on for off the top of my head, so it's possible that they got those minuses later in the game. And I was saying Shabbat's ice time was already way up there after the first period, which was very interesting from DJ. Like, at that time as well, Sanderson was just over 6 minutes, Uh, but what shocked me was Brandstrom was barely over 3 minutes, and you know, I think the Brandstrom and Holden pairing has been quite good actually lately as a third pairing. You do want them in limited minutes, but I think it's a good enough pairing that you don't need to shelter them that much, like, to the point where you're playing Shabbat for half a period, and the weird part about that to me too uh, was that I think we only had one power play in the first period. So if we had three or four power plays and you know the first unit is out there the whole time that's the type of scenario where i would expect shabbat to be hitting something like 10 minutes in a period but ah, excuse me it was just the one power play and if i remember correctly the first unit went off after about a minute so only about a minute of power play time in that period it was just dj sending shabbat over the boards again and again i don't really like that strategy I'm hoping that, uh, that doesn't become, like, a common theme, once again, of Shabbat kind of being overplayed, you know, but anyway, into the second period, I had written a note about Seattle's PK, and I alluded that a little bit, alluded to that a little bit earlier here, I was, the main thing I was really expecting going into this game was, uh, the special teams battle to be kind of lopsided, to be honest, and it wasn't maybe maybe a bit of a st- statistical anomaly in terms of how things played out here because the sens power play has actually climbed all the way to third in the in the league in terms of percentage and i believe it's second in the league in terms of total goals scored which is just uh unheard of for the ottawa senators like even when we were a decent team you know from 2012 to like 2017 that kind of range there our, I don't remember our power play ever being, like, anywhere near the top 10 in the league, so. We, we've we said so much about the power play, it's so impressive, but the, the main reason I bring up the special teams battle is because, in contrast to the Senators' power play, the Kraken penalty kill is second last in the entire league. And, uh, <laughs> a couple days ago I was watching highlights of Edmonton versus Seattle, and the Edmonton commentator mentioned that the Kraken's penalty kill was on pace uh, to be one of the worst in NHL history, and I couldn't believe that because they're having a, such a good season. And I'm like, how do they even have a good record with a penalty kill that bad? Uh, so I went to look up the stats, and funny enough, <laughs> I thought for sure they would have ranked last with uh, uh, a historically bad uh, percentage, you know, on pace for. It. But funny enough, the Canucks are actually worse. So <laughs> oh, that I I thought that was pretty funny, but. Specifically in the context of this game, you have a Seattle penalty kill that has been running at less than 70% so far on the season, and um, compared to the third-ranked power play in the whole league, you would kind of expect it to just uh, be, like, easy pickings for the Sens' power play, but weirdly enough, the only power play goal that we picked up in this game was Seattle effectively putting the puck in their own net, like... I would not have expected that at all, like, that is such a large discrepancy of, uh, the power play for one team and the penalty kill for the other team that I, I was just shocked tonight that, uh, that we weren't able to get more done on the power play than that, <laughs> other than just, uh, a blooper reel screw-up from, I think it was Brandon of just shooting the puck off of Stutz's knee and in, so uh, I, I kind of, when that goal happened, I was kind of like, Oh, that's, that'll be a funny moment to riff on uh, for the show, just, uh, I, I wrote, uh, that's a dang it in my notes, because that's what Steve would say, I think that's a goal that could uh, appear on Sportsnet's dang it highlight reels, uh, although, considering how many goals are in this game, and uh, there's a pretty much a bunch of dang it's for the Senators as well, maybe it'll get buried, and maybe they won't even notice that, but uh, that was definitely, definitely a dang it for Seattle there, but basically the only the only issue Seattle had all night they had no problems getting back in the game very quickly like the Sens got back in the game for about what is it Stutzla's second goal was at 834 the second period and then Daniel Sprong puts Seattle back ahead at 856 so 22 seconds was all we were tied for like Stutz's second goal there, it, it, I was very happy with that one. Uh, he he uh, outstrength the defender in front of the net to win a, a rebound. It was a very good play from him, and I liked uh, Shabbat getting the puck on net on that play, because he sometimes hesitates with shooting, I find, and tries to overpass. Uh, he just threw it on net this time, and, and Timmy was able to get to it. So that was a nice goal, but of course, we did not get to celebrate it for very long. It's freaking Daniel Sprong right after. Now, Talbot in net at this point, I think this was probably the worst goal that went in all night out of all of the eight goals. Just uh, that was the softest one, I have to say, especially because it was the first, I don't think it was the, it wasn't the first shot that uh, Talbot allowed, but that's the first one, first goal that he allowed. And it was just a backbreaker, horrible timing for the team. It seemed like we actually had a chance at that point. But that goal right there, that's when, like, pretty much... I wouldn't say that's when all positivity died, because uh, it got much worse, but that was really the turning point of the game right there. We just needed a save there, and it's frustrating, because when I try to evaluate the performance of the Senators' goalies, I, they've been very good overall, so... When we have a night like tonight, I'm like... Should I, On one hand, I don't want to be too hard on them, but on on the other hand, it's like they're the reason that we lost the game pretty much i mean the defense was really bad all night too sloppy coverage everywhere but if you get a save on that who knows maybe the sends go the other way in the next few minutes and we managed to take the lead 4-3 like that that was just a soft goal where yes braun got in on net but he didn't really have a passing option and he didn't really have any other option other than just throwing the puck on net low short side and it just sneaks in like that's one where I don't blame the defense, I just blame the goalie, because the defense took away all the other options for the shooter, and the goalie just gets beat, so, just a super deflating goal there, I don't, again, I don't want to be too hard on the goalies overall, but tonight, it just, it just wasn't it, it wasn't, wasn't happening for the goalies tonight, and uh, the next goal as well, I didn't like how Talbot, when he came out to play the puck behind the net, he threw it right up the boards, and there's already two Seattle players waiting there. Shabbat is the only senator anywhere nearby, so he's already outnumbered by those two guys. And then you have Jordan Eberle down low as well, so... Shabbat actually got kind of lucky to win the puck initially, considering he was outnumbered there, but uh, then he immediately turns around and plays the puck directly to where Jordan Eberle is uh, coming in behind him. I think... I think uh, Shabbat needed more support on that play, because, as I said, outnumbered, but and he probably didn't see Eberle coming from where he came from, uh, so I don't think I want to blame him too much. I just I don't like how Talbot just kind of threw it up there right towards the Kraken players. I'd have to go back and watch the replay, and maybe if he could have uh, stopped up and played the puck back the other way, I'm not sure if that was a possibility, but just another another really deflating goal where Seattle gets something out of nothing, and it's something that we just created, creating our own problems, really, on that goal. It was just uh, very depressing at that point. And then, uh, at that point in the game, it was a combined 30 shots between both teams. Shots were even at 15, and we're losing 5-3. So, eight goals on a combined 30 shots between the three goalies that played in this game at that point, and wow, just... Horrible night for goalies. I feel bad for anyone who was using any of these goalies on a, on their fantasy teams tonight. Uh, that would just ruin your week right there if you used any of them, except for maybe Martin Jones, because at least you got the win, but still ugly stats for him too, so... It, it sucks to be tied at 15 shots, and you've only allowed 15 shots for your opponent at almost the end of the second period, but you've conceded five goals. It's just you can't have that, you can't win like that, I don't, again, I don't want to only blame the goalies, because defense was bad too, but boy, it was just, uh, not, not looking good from Talbot on those two goals, um, and then into the third period, the game was basically over, just, like, that, that was it, from Vince Dunn a minute and 20 seconds in, it was just, uh, oh my god, just a floater from the point from Vince Dunn. Like, good on him for scoring in front of, I believe it was some friends and family that he had uh, in the rink tonight. That was a nice moment to see uh, in terms of a unbiased neutral fan perspective. If I was not rooting for the Sens, good for him scoring in front of his fans there. But just that was another one that I felt like Talbot could have had. It was relatively unscreened, no deflection, just a just a floater from the point. Like... It's it's crazy when the first goalie allows three goals on five shots, and then I'm talking more about the second goalie who came in, and I thought that all of his goals were worse. Um, just just shocking, like a to- definitely an off night for Talbot. I but. For both goalies, really. So I have no idea who they should start for the next game. I feel like that's going to be a tough decision for the coach. I think that because both goalies have been relatively solid all year, he'll probably, like, no matter who DJ Smith picks, I'm sure it will be okay. Because I think both uh, Forsberg and Talbot have done a good job of bouncing back from rough games this year. Like, I can think of a few games in my head where each of them were a little bit poor this year in terms of, uh, in terms of save percentage, but then it's just a few for, like, both of them combined, so other than that, they've just been super rock solid, uh, It but again, i if I had to pick who to start next game, I, I honestly, I would maybe go back to Forsberg, because I kind of feel like the team more let him down on those goals in the first period, uh, compared to Talbot was kind of letting the team down, not, not single-handedly, but, more so than Forsberg, I think, I think I would probably stick with Forsberg for the next game, but, yeah, it's just rough stuff tonight, um, yeah, I I had written down Talbot not doing any better than Forsberg, it was, uh, six goals on 17 shots at that point, uh, when Vince Dunn scored, and then, then it gets worse, you would think that the game would, uh, would cool down a little bit from there, down by three, but, uh, the the Kraken were just working working it around on us, and Jordan Eberle with a with a nice goal. It was uh, Shabbat hesitating on that play, and then you had uh, I think it was Burakovsky wide open in front of the net. He he was just completely uncovered. Uh, yeah, it was Shabat had the puck behind the net. He went to he was going to make a pass up the wall. He hesitated. He held onto it, and then he got stripped I think by uh, Matty Beniers. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly, by the way. Um, but yeah, he just got stripped of the puck. Just That's the kind of play I don't like to see from Shabbat, where he's second-guessing himself, and he's just uh, looking a little bit too slow out there, like, physically, skating a little sluggishly, and s- too slow with decision-making as well. That was uh, the main thing that created that goal. So this is the first goal where I'm not going to criticize Talbot, where he just had absolutely no chance on this one. Again, though... I mentioned on the previous Shabbat uh, turnover that he had absolutely no support. Uh, Even though this was a worse turnover, he once again had absolutely no support because he turns it over and then Burakovsky is literally just standing there right in front of the crease with absolutely no one near him. I can't even remember where the closest senator was. Like, I had to watch the replay again and maybe I wouldn't even find anyone within like a 10-foot radius of him. And then they all scramble over to Burakovsky he puts that uh, that shot on net. We were lucky, we were kind of lucky for a second that Burkowski wasn't really expecting to get the puck, so he had his back to the net, just kind of threw a, a crappy shot at the net, but then the rebound went right to Eberle. Another guy completely unmarked, so when I say Shabbat had no support there, despite the turnover, you've got two of the Kraken forwards just wide, 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 wide open, as wide open as you could possibly be, so just oh i was I was hoping to come on here and praise you know d j. Smith for the team's better defensive performance as of late there was uh there was an article written by uh, Wayne Scanlon on sportsnet kind of talking a lot about that talking about uh you know just comparing the early season and the rough start compared to like how well the team has played since uh, december on but but it feels like that all went out the window tonight like oh my god i i gotta think it's just. Just going to be a one-off game, a one-off bad game, and we'll manage to get back on track next game. You know, Seattle, I think, with that... Uh, with that, with Seattle being a good team and having that really bad penalty kill, it just implies to me that their five 5-on-5 five is just amazing. And I think they, that's what we saw tonight. I think their five 5-on-5 five play just absolutely dominating us, you know, on the 4-check and the back-check, and not giving up very many uh, chances at all. 5-on-5, uh, five five, I think just getting beat by the better team with the better system tonight, just, uh, very unfortunate, I, I think, I, I, I want to say I'm confident that the Sens will be able to bounce back next game, but, uh, but when, when you have a game this ugly, it's, it's hard to be positive at all, like, I was hoping to come on here and just be like, ooh, look at the standings, oh, we're five points out now or whatever, but hell no, I'm not even looking at the standings tonight after this, after this crap (laughs) that we just watched, like, no point in even bothering with that uh and then the last positive from this game timmy stutzla with the hat trick uh early in the third period you know when you get a goal like that down 7-4 at that point and you see there's still 15 minutes left it's like there's a little bit of hope but the way this game was going it, it wasn't feeling like much hope at all but very happy to see stutzla get that hat trick I'm glad that it wasn't the first hat-trick of his career, I believe he had one against Winnipeg in his rookie season, glad that, you know, because the first hat-trick would be a very memorable moment, I'm glad that it didn't come in a blowout loss like this, like, he's had a hat-trick before, he's been there and done that, so it's not like, not like it's a personal memory, uh, ruined by a bad game, but Stutzla, I mean, when a guy scores a hat-trick, he's probably a pretty good chance of being your best player that night, but he was very obviously the best player for the Sense tonight and has been for weeks now, I think. You know, I don't know if I'm gonna be doing any uh any all-star voting, but for the Atlantic division, if I did vote, if I do end up voting, I'm going to be putting Tim Stutzla in there for sure because while I think Brady is very deserving of being an all-star once again, uh just an awesome season from Brady, it's just Timmy Stutzle seems to be getting better and better every game and he just he's just taken over. I'd like I'm getting very close to saying he's already our best player. I don't I don't know if I'll quite say it yet, but in the in the past month since he came back from injury, he definitely has been. It's just really impressive stuff from such a young guy, and uh, he was out there on the penalty kill again tonight, which I love to see. He's turning into a two-way beast, just scoring goals, killing penalties, just such an awesome player. We are we are blessed to have. Tim Stutzla on our team, so that's really the positive here tonight, was getting to celebrate a a Timmy Stutzla hat trick, but other than that, holy crap, what a terrible game. I am, uh, I'm thinking that's where I'm going to leave it off tonight, because I, uh, I'm just very sad, (laughs) very sad night in Sens land. Uh, we will be back, I believe, Monday against the Nashville Predators, I will be back for that stream, so I will see you all then. Uh, Leave a like on the video tonight, subscribe to SDPN, and have a good night, everyone. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction Canada Sportsbook.